Welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory Goray, TJ Beter, and Kathy Goray. Each week, we talk about the connections between owners and their pets with an emphasis on topics that apply to greyhounds. If you want to hear more about your best friend, stay tuned. Now, here are your hosts. Happy Friday, plucky listeners, and welcome to another installment of Greyhounds Make Great Pets. I'm Kathy, and I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to include the word Zevin in my vocabulary. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, inside joke, y'all had to be here during the break. Uh, but What break? Well, the break before we start the show, <laughs> because we do silly stuff. But anyway, by the way, did you all know that today is National Inane Answering Machine Day? I know I partake every time anybody calls me, just my message is pretty inane. That being said, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to Pat in Vernon, Texas. Okay, she knows what that means. And I think maybe I should just shut up and turn it over to Rory. But I think before we bring on our guest today and let everybody know what we're talking about, I know you have a couple of things to share with our listeners and Maybe even what the hell about? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, what the hell this week? But uh, what was it? What is today? Friday? Yes, I think th- Wednesday. We I put out a new blog, and it was titled yes. "It's Time," and it was basically talking about the uh, future. Well, we already have had some tracks close in Florida. Correct, but we, the time is we've got a we year. Have, we have some more coming, and we are now into 2020. And as we all know, December 31st of this year, Greyhound Racing, or betting on Greyhound Racing, will no longer be allowed in Florida. So all the tracks in Florida will be shut down by December 31st of this year. So we are now into that crunch time where we're going to have dogs needing to be placed into adoption programs. we got Daytona closing at the end of March. We've got Sanford Orlando coming up in June. Just between those two tracks, there's 1,400 greyhounds right now that need to be moved. And while I've been working on some hauls, I'm working on one that will be probably at the end of February. No, early February or late February. I'll I'll figure it out at some point. Well, it depends on when, you know, how the groups shake out. 80 greyhounds right there. And, you know, that's going to cost probably $8,000 to $10,000 to get those 80 greyhounds moved from Florida out here out west. So the most critical thing right now is we need funding. While I do have my hands on some funding right now, we're going to need more so that we can just pay for these hauls, get them moved for the groups that are going to be able to place these dogs. That's my number one goal. And get them moved professionally and safely, too. That, yes. That's a big That's p- the other part. thing is I am looking at using – I'm using professional haulers because those guys and gals, they know what they're doing. They, they take great care of those dogs. They know how to move them. And they do it right. And that's why I'm looking at using professional haulers, not Billy Bob's, uh, I've got a truck and a, and a, a trailer. I'm, well, I'm, yeah. using the, I'm using the guys who and gals who move the racers. Right. And we're going to use them to move the, the adoption dogs. We've also got a haul going here in a couple of weeks. We're looking to do from Florida up to I-95 uh, corridor. Um, we'll be moving 40 dogs there. But, you know, still, that's still under 200 dogs when you're looking at 1,400 dogs that by June we need to move. So we, there's a lot of haul and ass we've got to do. And there's a lot of donations. That are needed. It definitely. And which brings another thing in the blog. I had mentioned that there was groups that were behind lobbying for pushing the Amendment 13 in Florida. 
They spent millions of dollars to get the passage of 13. These groups like Gray 2K and HSUS, they did the same thing here in Arizona. They pushed for the end of racing. Then when it's all done, they smack themselves on the butt and they leave town. They don't even offer to help out. They, they got money, but they don't help out the dogs when they're done. Here in Arizona, uh, when Tucson Greyhound Park finally closed, I was working with uh, Tucson Greyhound Park's lobbyist to try to get money for funding. And I remember I threw out a, a number. I said, you know, you and um, Gray 2K need to cough up this type of money to help take care of the dogs. day later, I'm getting a call saying, you know, Gray 2K is not going to buy off on that number. It's got to be much lower. What the hell? They've got money. They claim they're all about the dogs, but they don't want to help out. What they did do is their president, Christine Dorchak, came out to Arizona and had herself a big party with all her friends and bigwigs. They had money to spend on that. They didn't have money to spend on the dogs. Florida. They've done now moved on to West Virginia and are bragging about how much money they're going to spend there. We need the money for the dogs. So I challenge Gray 2K, PETA, HSUS, cough up. $300,000 right now. You can send it to Greyhound Pets of America. I can promise you this. It will be used for hauling. And if there's any money left over when this is all said and done, I'll send it back to you. But you guys, you asked for it. You wanted it. It's now time to cough up the money. You've got it. You've got millions and millions of dollars. Time to pay up. We in adoption, the charitable organizations, we should not be responsible to come on Come around and clean up your mess after you lobbied, spent money to get 13 passed. Now, with that said, I'm also going to go on to the other side. This is really was really sad when 13 was in the midst of, what, two days before the vote? Uh, I two put, or three days. Yeah, yeah, I put out something stating that we're going to probably need money for Greyhound adoption. Those that were trying to, at that time, keep 13 from 13 uh, passing, and let me just say, when I say those, I'm not talking about like Flor or Florida Greyhound Association or whatever. I'm talking about another organization. I got several nasty PMs from their officers and directors. You know, how dare I be trying to raise money? They need money. And, you know, they're trying to convince voters not to pass 13. Sad part is one of their directors is also a director on Greyhound Pets of America. And I have to question, was she really acting in the best interest of as a director of Greyhound Pets of America, when we're a charity and we need money for taking care of greyhounds, it's a sad organization that they tried to prevent a the largest greyhound adoption program, the program that has adopted more than 100,000 greyhounds since its inception, tried to prevent us from raising money. Sadly, we've not gotten the money we need, but they've got well over $50,000 to file some stupid lawsuit that is not going to save Greyhound Racing. Folks, right now, if you love Greyhounds, we need money to take care of the Greyhounds that are coming in. It's, it's, it, it's time. It's going to happen. The dogs are going to need homes now. 13 is not getting overturned. The dogs are going to need to be placed into adoption. So if you are so interested and care about the dogs, we sure can use your help. And I can promise, all, I've got a lot of money coming that I'm going to be spending on hauls. And when the money's gone, we ain't going to be able to haul those dogs. 
Well, I'm speechless, but, you know, everything you said is absolute fact. I mean, it, the, the thing is, adoption is, is here. Adoption, need, you know, there are groups across the country and in Canada yep. that, that need dogs, that want dogs, that have applications waiting. And yet, you know, I mean, you, um, GPA, several of the, you know, other groups you're working with, they're doing their best to bring dogs you know, west of the Mississippi, but if there's no money, it's not going to happen. Right. Well, and I can also say that um, most of the groups getting dogs are not GPA groups. I'm just taking it as we're the largest group with uh, a national presence. We've got chapters all over the country, kind of taking leadership and putting together some of these halls and getting the, doing as much as we can to get dogs moved to groups that can use them. Well, and this the time now, it, like you said, it's time. It's crunch it, time. Let's all just work together yep. for the betterment of these retired dogs. I mean, right now, those who want to overturn 13, if you got 5K to send to a lawsuit, then maybe you got 5K to send to uh, help adoption. And in my personal opinion, that lawsuit has several people have are named as being one suing the state. Maybe you ought to be the one paying for your lawsuit, not the Greyhound welfare community paying for your lawsuit. You're so convinced you can overturn 13, pay for it yourself. Quit going to get the charity to pay for your stuff. And with that. <laughs> no. Well, I, I, I can keep going. No. I know you can. But you know what? We have a guest sitting here with us in the studio today that um, has a few things to say right. as well. And I know you have more to say. Yeah. Well, um, today's guest, uh, I've known uh, Bill Rice for, what, 20, 25 years, I believe. At least. Yeah. And... I had mentioned earlier, of course, uh, with Tucson Greyhound Park, that was our last track here in Arizona, closed down a few years ago. And I just kind of wanted to re reminisce a little <laughs> bit about Arizona, um, Greyhound Racing, all, and what we had at what time, and you know, to where we are today, we have, we have nothing. And so with that, Bill, welcome to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. It's a pleasure to have you. Pleasure to be here. Now, um, Bill, you were at one point in time, you had a farm, correct? Yes, sir. Raised dogs. Where all, where all did you run? I know you ran here in Arizona, but where all in the country did you run? Uh, over the years, I had a kennel in uh, Portland for quite a few years. I was in Boston for one year at Wonderland. Uh, a lot of stakes races around the country, Kansas City, Kenosha, Wisconsin, but mostly here in uh, Oregon. Wow. I love racing in Portland. Now, there was, I remember you said something to me uh, maybe a year ago or whatever. That, uh, the, up there, they had the, the lure was on the outside of the rail? Uh, yeah, they switched it, the, I believe, in 87. They went to an inside oh, rail, okay. like the other tracks. I actually have a, about a, they sold pieces of the outside rail because that was the last one in the country it's like a three inch piece i almost gave it to you when i gave you those <laughs> my wife wouldn't let me no okay that has brought up there has been some talk about safety and all that and there has been some folks that have said that you know like overseas they're doing it that way what's your thought do you think it was better for the dogs running with an outside lure or no 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 yeah. what we use now around the country is the safest all right um, how many tracks did we have here in Arizona at one time? I believe there was six at one time. We had uh, Yuma, Yuma, Black Canyon, Apache Junction, Tucson, Phoenix. 
and the other Tucson. I can never remember its name. Oh, Amato. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Now, I'll, how many of those I raced down there for two years. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> how many of those were seasonal, or were uh, any of them? At one point, all of them were. They were? Yeah. Okay. And what they did is they dropped the dates at uh, Black Canyon and a well, Black Canyon at first, to use those dates in Phoenix, okay. which really helped us. That was quite a haul when we had to drive up there at night and race our dogs. Right, yeah. I've been up there at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning after coming home with the night dogs <laughs> in order to be first in line for school and at 5 the next morning. <laughs> It's not an easy, uh, not an easy life at all. I mean, th- no, and that's, but I loved it. Well, you know, I mean, with so many people, you know, f- who fought against it, who don't believe in it, whatever. But it's not easy, and not everybody can do it. I, I couldn't. I mean, shoot, no. what's five thirty in the morning? Well, <laughs> I, I even remember when Apache uh, Junction was up and running. The everyone driving their dogs in yep. there. Then they would have to get back to get their dogs ready to go to um, Phoenix Greyhound Park, and then get right. the dogs home at night and turn around and get their dogs to the various schooling, whether it was Apache or Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, right. a, lot of, a lot of love and hard work there. Definitely. It was a 24-7 job, but my wife and I both, I don't know, we just, that was what you do. That's how you live. You have a choice. Either you like the dogs or you don't. And I enjoyed what I did. All right, and I can, um, I can attest to this. Um, Bill Rice's kennels were always ones that, and even those who people would say were the anti-racing side right. would always say you could eat off the floor. <laughs> no, I don't. I was never going to take you up on that. Um, <laughs> Neither was I. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always a clean, great facility, and that's something that people don't remember or take into account that farms provide income to our community they're they're buying fencing they're buying right. feed mm-hmm. they're they they've got employees and i know i did hear somebody a few weeks ago say well there's there's the other equation that they're saying getting rid of this may bring more benefit to our economy and i as no. i as i drive around the valley i see a couple of the places where there were farms um blueberries oh, farm yeah it's just sitting there empty. It's been empty it's, for years it's now. It's just an empty lot. An old farm I owned at 26 and Southern here in Phoenix back in the early 80s, that one's sitting there empty. Not providing anything. Nothing, anything. Nothing now. Nothing's coming into our, our state economy there, our cities. Um, well, and the other thing, I know that you know many of the people we knew from Tucson, many of the people you knew from Phoenix, um, since racing is over, you know, they have not been able to find employment um they uh, are not being able to you know f- find, oh get something new do something new you know how many n- people who are not in racing can't find a job so you've put all these people out of work going okay go get a new job go get a new career kathy most of them left the state they did yes there but there is um one in still in tucson i know her her son came from kansas to um tucson and they were going to actually I think they were going to buy one of the racing kennels there, and then everything hit everything the fan. fell, hit yeah. the fan, and uh, they're still there. But it's. I also want to kind of mention that Bill and myself, we we were like the the two man team trying to <laughs> trying to keep what happened here in Arizona from happening, and yeah. I, I, 
you know, I know with what was going on in Florida, I, I fully understand the emotions because you and I were going through right. it. I remember there we, we would be having a talk and it was like, okay, we have a possibility. I was like, right. all right. And then the next day is like that possibility was just ripped out from under us. Um, but, you know, we didn't give, give up even until, uh, you know, I remember going to the hearing. We, and we had several people that had come into the hearing with us that were going to speak and then as the hearing starts, one by one, they're, oh, I got to go do this, I got to go do that, and they start right. walking out, and then it's just pretty much yourself, Ed, and I there. Yeah. Well, a lot of them decided it was a losing battle. The votes were against us. Um, they just didn't want to be there for the final vote, so. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it matters whether you have 13 tracks, as Florida had, or whether you have one track, as Arizona had. The loss is the loss. And the next one down, it just starts to snowball. I mean, that that is the goal of those that do not support racing is, okay, you know, we've got our momentum. Look what we did. Look what we did. But on the flip side, I don't think those who were in support of racing maybe didn't look at all the states as a whole. They looked at my state. Oh, I don't care what's going on in Arizona, but my state, which still has racing, that's right. the most important. And nobody ever worked together. No. You know, we put out, well, we meaning Rory and, and Bill and several others put out requests for, you know, assistance, call, write, you know, support us. And it was just like, oh, you know, do it yourself. It's your state. We're okay. Right. We don't need you. Yeah, we yeah. got good contracts here. We're fine. Yeah. 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 Where and are they at today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which does bring me to, I just want to remind people, too, those of you in the industry, um, if you get a chance, um, you can help out the NGA with uh, contributing to their um, lobbying um, fund. That will be greatly needed. Uh, I remember after Florida happened, went down, and the vote was you know almost 70% to end uh, betting on Greyhound Racing there. I put out saying, you know, guys, you're going to need money. You're going to need money for lobbyists. You're going to need money for that type of thing. And yet there was a faction that we went in and started wasting money on a frivolous lawsuit. Well, folks, the, the the lobbyists are going to be a key thing. Uh, look what's going on in West Virginia. They're they're working with the lobbyists in, or with the politicians, and your only access to those politicians is going to be through lobbyists. Um, that's a key thing. Look what's going on in Washington D.C., folks. Horse Integrity Act, which at some point in time could eventually turn into animal. Animal or Racing Integrity yeah, Act. Right. Um, I can tell you, HSUS and all them, they have their lobbyists there in D.C. They've got the money. We don't. We don't have the money to hire those type of lobbyists. And a good lobbyist costs a lot of money. Yes, I they can, do. I can't imagine what they cost in D.C. <laughs> Had we not lost our good lobbyists here, there would still be live racing greyhound in Arizona. I, races. And I, I can attest to that. We um, there was a couple of times where if we could have just if we had just had the money we, that we could have hired a lobbyist, we could have got the lobbyist out on the floor and killed the bill, and we would still have greyhound racing here in Arizona. That's correct. Well, and you know perhaps another thing that the general of those who supported racing never realized is it went into politics. You know, we were not, it was not 20 years ago, it was not a handshake. It was, like you said, get a lobbyist, do the politician thing, go meet, talk, get your point out there. I mean, unfortunately, the, misinformation was given, and uh, the politicians just went, yeah, okay. 
Well, once Tucson Greyhound Park was the only track still racing live mm-hmm. after Phoenix shut down, we lost our voice down there. The only arguments the politicians heard and the governor were from Great 2K. Right. It was a one-sided conversation. There was no one there to correct. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say it lies that yep. the NGA, I mean the uh, Great 2K people tell. Right. And uh, by the time the bill already had the votes, was coming up for a hearing, uh, Ed Bunger, Roy, and myself were the only ones down there. Mm-hmm. By the time that came up, the NGA actually offered for, to give us money to get a lobbyist. It was wasted money. It was too late. Correct, yeah. It, in 30 years at the legislature— that is the only bill I've ever seen with a unanimous vote all the way through yeah. <laughs> because it was a done deal before it ever came up. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's the I mean, once you go political, that's often the case. That I mean, is it's, true. It's like, you know, sadly, it's much like they say about, you know, our greyhounds who get cancer in, in some way, shape, or form. Once you know about it, it's too late. Right. Well, and I think you've heard me say for years that the worst thing that will happen to the greyhounds is when it becomes political. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it has. And it, and it <laughs> because, has. Because of the casinos mostly. Yep. That's the reason it became political. They made it political. The tracks followed suit. Once the racetracks got machines supposedly to help the dog industry mm-hmm. with a, a cut of the action. Right. But after a little while, they start looking at the dogs because they promote the race. I mean, the casino part of the racetrack. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you never even see a commercial about the live racing anymore. No. And then the dogs become a liability. They want to get rid of the live racing, all the labor involved with taking care of the racetracks, the compound. It, it's a big expense if they're not making money off of it. Well, if you don't promote your product, you're not going to mm-hmm. make money. They wanted to end live racing, so they set back and let Gray 2K, and in some cases, in my opinion— actually helped Gray 2K with the, mm-hmm. the legislation that allowed yeah. them to shut down like 13 in Florida yeah. because they make money. The racetrack owners I'm talking about, they make money. Mm-hmm. So I don't just blame the uh, animal activist people. Mm-hmm. For 20 years, my job with the association, other than working at the legislature, was to weed out the bad apples mm-hmm. to keep them from ending up on TV and the newspapers are before Roy and the Racing Commission. Right. So my job was to get in there with the Department of Racing mm-hmm. and get them shut down, put out of business. Right. And, those and I have seen plenty of the bad apples, so it's not all one-sided. Right. Yeah. And, and sadly, sometimes there are people who don't want to even admit that. You know, I I mean, you've got to understand your history. You've got to understand the facts. And if you are blinded and you've got, you know, if you've got your tunnel vision and, oh, this is perfect. Well, saying racing is perfect is no better than someone who comes along and says, you know, racing is inhumane. Right. Neither point is correct. There is a middle ground. There is a middle ground. And, you know, back to history, all the other states, you know, like on the East Coast. All, all every time a track closed, every time a state lost, you no one, you know, no one went. Oh, okay, let's do this. Let's not let this type of thing happen again. Let's learn from what happened. And I, I don't feel racing did or those who supported racing. I mean, again, they just kept on their path. And, right. 
Yeah. Well, we, again, we said it's political, and unfortunately, because it's become political, all the money's now going to on one side. They're 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 taking all this money to end greyhound racing, and then there's other faction that's getting a bunch of money to file lawsuit. Um, but again, folks, it is political, and I I don't think we in greyhound racing, and I'll even say I think even um, thoroughbred racing. I don't think they're actually looking at it. It's become political. Let's say. We have two parties. You got the cats and the greyhound party, and I'm running for president of the greyhound party. But the cat party wins. I'm really should not be getting angry and filing lawsuits and getting on Facebook and calling them names and all that. I need to sit down with my people and it's like, why did we lose? What did we do wrong? How did we not resonate with the public? That's what we got to do right now, folks. You you gotta. It's politics. You. I will say this. Gray 2K did a great job. They're a political machine. They know what they're doing. And they're focused on one thing and one, one thing, thing only. We, and the bad part about it is if they would focus that energy on Greyhounds, we'd be okay. Yeah. yeah. They do not. It's no. strictly a money machine for them. Exactly. Well, and, and their mission, you know, when push comes to shove, you know, Rory, you said donate. Put your money where your heart is. Well, their heart is in lobbying. Yep. Their heart is their mission of destroy. Right. Their mission is not to help. No, I don't believe that I could be mistaken, but I don't believe they've ever even adopted a greyhound, have they? Uh, Christine, <laughs> yeah, they have adopted well, two. Three, well, there's three to one. Three, and I, we they know. They have two currently, and two, one had passed away a few years ago. And at least one of them had, was once uh, in their care injured really bad, so their injury rate is higher than that of the uh, greyhound racing industry. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> well, we, no, we, I, but, you know, everyone has, has accidents. I mean, you can't, yeah. you know. Uh, but, but we don't use it to get donations right, either. But, you know, again, look at what they've done. You know, you may not like them, but you can learn a lot from them. They, Correct. Um, yep. what, what was going on here in Arizona? They were meeting in the summer months. They were here all the time. I knew about it. They were having meetings. I actually met with uh, two different lobbyists they had at two different yep. times. So. They were having meetings with the Department of Racing at that time. They were having meetings with all the politicians down at the State House. They were already the deals were being struck. Like, Bill, you said, it was a 100% vote in favor of ending Greyhound Racing. Now, I will tell you a little story. I was last year talking with one of the senators, and when he knew, found out who I was, was he was like, uh, Mr. Commissioner, you know, we had that vote uh, a while back to end Greyhound Racing. Now, why did we do that? <laughs> yeah, right. He didn't know why they voted. So somebody— Because their lobbyists <laughs> approached him <laughs> and convinced him it was the right thing to do. And when you're only here on one side yep. and you only had Tucson Greyhound Park operating, it was pretty hard <laughs> to defend the way things were down there as far as the care of the dogs and the care of the people. Yep. And you know, like you said earlier, you know, your job was trying to keep people off the bad apples off the TV. Unfortunately, in Tucson, we had a few bad apples yes. down there that constantly kept getting themselves on TV. I can remember. Thanks to you as president, I kept one off in Maricopa <laughs> when it happened because you got the dogs out of there for me in 24 hours, so there was nothing to report. Well, we've got about one minute left till we go to break. Um, have any Quick words? Well, I think we need to get the pups out so they can relieve themselves. <laughs> and then true. we'll be right back after these messages. All righty. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you ever experienced the joy of living? Not just aspects of your life, but the true joy of life itself. Very sure has. You could call him an ambassador of joy. From a successful entrepreneur to becoming a quadriplegic due to a rare disease to his ongoing recovery through swimming and physical rehabilitation, Barry now presents his gifts to others as host of The Joy of Living. All you need to do is tune in. Listen live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Attention. If you're a parent, educator, social worker, or civic or religious leader, the most important program you'll hear this week is Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Host Opal Singleton and her guest show how our children and others are being dangerously lured by predators through the dark web, social media apps, and games. Beyond that, the program looks at trends in human trafficking and more. You'll never think of the Internet the same way again. Listen Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The GPA, that's Greyhound Pets of America. If you would like information on how you can adopt an ex-racing Greyhound, call 800-366-1472. These dogs are fit, healthy, happy, playful pets, good with children, and oh, do they love lots of hugs. Adopt a cool Greyhound today. Call 800-366-1472. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to Greyhounds Make Great Pets with Rory, TJ, and Kathy. To find out more about the show and what we do, please send an email to gmgp3 at yahoo.com. That's gmgp3 at yahoo.com. Now, back to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Yes, indeedy. We are back with the second half of Greyhounds Make Great Pets. And you know what? If you do not want to wait and send us an email, you can call us here at Voice America. And because you've been listening to our two cents, we want to hear yours. Our number here is 866-472-5787 or 5788. Give us a call. Tell us what's on your mind. We'll be happy to hear it. And another phone number that would be very important for everyone to write down would be well i was talking earlier about all the greyhounds that are going to need homes that we're going to need to move so that's another critical critical thing we're coming up we do need foster homes nationwide and we need those of you who are interested in adopting a greyhound to give it consideration and you can call 1-800-366-1472 if you're interested in adopting or fostering or contributing and or you can visit us at www.greyhoundpets that is with an s because you always have to have more than one dot org that is www.greyhoundpets.org very good and you should know that because um what? well you are national president of Greyhound well, Pets uh, yes, of America. I am the National President for Greyhound Pets of America. And again, I do want to put out the challenge to HSUS, Grey2K, and PETA. You got what you wanted in Florida. Now, help the dogs. You can send $300,000 right now to Greyhound Pets of America, and I promise that money will be used just strictly for the transportation and housing of those greyhounds so we can get them into homes. And any money left over after it's all said and done, I'll send it back to you. But right now, send that money because I know you got the money. You're spending millions of dollars um, on lobbyists and all that. You've got it. Well, and as like all good Greyhound owners do, you make a mess, you clean up after it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, yeah. well. There's no belly band on this one, Christine. <laughs> you guys got to cough up the money. <laughs> and with that. <laughs> I uh, would like to bring back our, our guests, Bill Rice. Um, and Bill and Rory have been chatting about um, all sorts of stuff. I, I can't even put my finger on where we're going now. Well, during, during the break, Bill mentioned the name um, Cheryl Lawless. Um, used to, she was actually the one that started uh, Arizona Adopt-A-Greyhound out here years and years ago. Yep. Great woman. Um, and I remember when I moved here to Arizona and I looked into Aggie, and she had she was doing something I thought was really cool that you had to come down to the track and they had you there. Uh, you got to watch some schooling races. They took you back through the paddock and uh, all that. You got to see the dogs coming in. And then you would go to their trailer and they'd give you a little education on the greyhounds. But I thought it was really cool that she brought the potential adopters to the track. They got to see it. They got that educational aspect. And after I went through that, I was always like, why aren't the other tracks doing this? She was one of a kind, man. She was great. 
And I'm, she started uh, solo yeah. by herself. And, uh, you know, I know um, um, Carrie Morrison Young, who um, used to be our co-host on the show uh, in our first rendition of the Greyhounds Make Great Pets, mm-hmm. who passed away, sadly passed away a couple of years ago. She then took over the reins of Aggie, and Aggies always seemed to have good good leadership. leadership. Yeah. And I think it all yes, started... That all started from the ground of how Cheryl set that group up. Well, I mean, you have to know, again, it's, it's always history. You have to know about your, your pets, maybe their past, how, why they are the way they are, and what better way to do it was to take the potential adopters to the track to it, learn. Learn, see what, no, see what they do. Right. I mean, you don't have to like it. You don't have to like racing. You don't have to love racing. You, you love this dog. You love this breed. It is your obligation to learn as much as you can to be the best adopter you can be right i um when i first uh, got here and uh, well actually it was a couple of years after i got here there's a well-known um author in the greyhound world that came out to visit me i was actually having this author we were going and visiting some of the farms and we on a friday night we went down to phoenix greyhound park got to do the tour and then we sat stood there watched the dogs running and she just looked over at me and she's like it's obvious these dogs are not forced to run no they run because they want to. There's 5,000 years of breeding yeah. there. Now, we've been doing this for, a, a, you know, like I said, I think you and I have known each other for 20, 25 years. How, how was it in the days before Greyhound adoption that when adoption started coming along, what was kind of, was there some, you know, little nervousness about these, these new breed of people coming in? Or, or is it, as we heard, a lot of it was started by people involved in Greyhound racing? From a lot of my friends, they felt like the, uh, they called them animal activists. Because up until that time, unfortunately, when a dog was no longer raceable, if you personally didn't know someone that wanted the dog, there was no adoption groups. Right. And the dog was put down. So a lot of the stories about greyhound racing, even though they're 35 years old, they, they were correct. They're just misrepresented yeah. now. And that's the history that, you know, everybody <laughs> Nobody wants back. to hear. Yeah. But, I mean, it was It doesn't go truth. away. Yeah, no. it happened. And you either face it and improve it, or you try to hide it and screw it up. Right. And that is one of the things I think sometimes the industry did do badly over the years was when whenever there was a story that came out, it seems like, okay, let's go bury our head in the sand. It'll go away in a couple of weeks, and then we'll just come out and act like nothing happened. And you had a great point there. It's, I, things happen. We need to not act like it didn't happen. We need to be able to say, and I would have thought one of the greatest points we could have made is, look, this was happening, and here is what we did working together Correct. to make the change. What other avenue in life has, has had that type of thing go to, as you said, dogs were put down to where now almost every greyhound is right. getting adopted for the last few years. Mm-hmm. That. That's remarkable. And, yeah, I mean, it was, it's one of the strongest points that we have, and yet it's never used. You know, I mean, it's used, but it's almost now I feel, you know, Rory, with what you were saying about the money needs to be helped for the halls and this and that, it's almost worked against us for the fact of, oh, well, no, the adoption doesn't need money. They're set. They're all getting adopted. We're moving on to something else. Well, you know, no, those dogs are still there. They still need homes. There Correct. are still, 
you know, the flow is still happening. Right. No, and I've been saying that for a couple of years now. I do think we did such a great job that a lot of people are like, oh, it's all taken care of. They don't need our help. And I, unfortunately, folks, we do need your help this year because that's a lot of dogs. Like I just said, with Daytona and um, Orlando, Sanford, Orlando, almost 1,400 dogs between now and June right. that we need to move. Not to mention what happens after June. Right. And our haulers only hold 40 dogs at a time. Now, when I do the 80 coming out here to Arizona, I've got two haulers going to Florida and then zipping across, they're going to stop off in Texas at a secret location, uh, <laughs> Gulf Greyhound Park, and let the dogs um, chill out for a night and then finish on the trip here. But that's 80 dogs out of 1,400. That's just a little... A drop of... Yeah. That's, that's nothing. You know, I almost need to have a haul going every day for a few weeks to get get this done. Yeah. So we do need your money. And again, the challenge is to you, Gray 2K, PETA, and HSUS. You got what you wanted. Now... Do what you claim you're doing it for, the dogs. The Greyhounds now need your assistance. We need $300,000 right now, and you've got it in your – you can write the check right now. There's no worries that it's going to bounce. Write the check and send it to Greyhound Pets of America right now. It's time. Um, and you have PayPal as well, don't yeah, you, PayPal, sir? Yeah, PayPal. They can do that. <laughs> I don't know. Does PayPal do 300K? Uh, well, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure if they have a, a, a PayPal account on their end and they got that money, it's you know. Send it right now. Sign <laughs> into your bank account. Yeah. Off you go. And I can tell you, every every dime will be accounted for. And if there's a penny left over, I will put it in an envelope and send it on over to Massachusetts. The, well, if it comes from there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see if they're willing to cough up money. <laughs> Okay. Never have. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Which is sort of sad because, you know, I mean, uh, uh, donating a wristband or donating a, a, a glass or a note card is not, quote, quote, helping yeah. a group. Um, you know, if you can't just cough up the cash, sorry, that's, you know, I mean, a, as a vendor, I know that, yes, I could donate merchandise to help groups, but I also know you don't need my merchandise that might only bring you half of what the value is because right. sometimes auctions are looked as looked on upon as, oh, I can just get a deal. It's a right. it's a flea market. No, just send the cold, hard cash. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know in Florida they spent, what, 3 to $4 million on 13. And yeah, we've, we've now seen their executive director of Gray 2K say they're going to be spending even more in West Virginia. They're amping it and up. And hiring more lobbyists. So you've got the money. If you can spend more than 3 to $4 million on West Virginia now, you you can cough up the 300 k You got what you wanted in Arizona. You got what you wanted in Massachusetts. You got what you wanted in Florida. Now do it for the dogs. If If not... It proves that you guys really don't give a rat's ass about the dogs. Well, and maybe your 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 spin on this, maybe you're not looking at, at it in the right way. Well, show me the way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> honey, this is the way. <laughs> um, maybe the fact of, um, think of the glory you can advertise and bring in even more donations for yourself by helping all of these dogs that need transport to adoption groups. Oh, my, the money you could say, oh, look what we did for greyhounds. Oh, that's going to yep. make more of an impact, I would think. So send your money now to help the dogs. <laughs> all right, back to nice stuff. Nice stuff. Enough. All right. Well, you know, again, we had all those tracks here in Florida. How many farms did we have at one time in Arizona? 
there at one time there was 75 license owner license here but i think there was only like 15 or 16 for actual farms i'm not i'm not sure did we at one time did we have a training track out here as well oh yeah there was one in uh, chandler i had one on my farm in Flo in uh, maricopa but i only used it i only let friends use it not it wasn't commercial okay so when did it become kind of <clears throat> The big thing is to have the, the dog pups would be born here, and then they would be sent off to Kansas for training. That was but mostly because of the Breeders' Award. When when that got up from twenty five percent up forty percent at one time, and uh, the governor actually made it with the uh, bonus at the end of the year, it was fifty percent at one time. Wow. Well, in my case, raising the number of dogs I had. Of course, I was losing 350k a year, but I actually got 100,000 that one year in uh, Breeders' Award. That helps you. I mean, I spend every dime of it here, and that helps the economy. It turns the money around. I hire more employees. Uh, the more money you have, the better care. If you're a trainer at all, the better care you give your dogs. Everybody makes a big deal about my kennel being clean. Yeah, my kennel was clean because my kids and my wife and I worked our butt off to make it that way. <laughs> but when it got large, you know, I've had as high as 13 people working on that little farm in, at one time. Mm -hmm. Well, those people get paid every week or they don't stay. Right. So my money that I made was turned around. I do not remember just on the racing end because of the farm now i charge board on raising uh, raising some of the dogs for friends of mine mm -hmm. uh, i sold dogs but if it was just my racing purse check from phoenix Graham park i do not remember in 20 years a profitable week hmm. i really don't because if i made six thousand it cost me seventy five hundred a week just to run my farm mm -hmm. Uh, if I made eight, that made up five hundred of what I just lost three grand a week before. <laughs> so, it you we weren't in it for the I don't guess for the money. Looking back, it's sort of stupid if you think about it. <laughs> but, but during that thirty year period, that's not money's not what you think about. Right. If you right. got the money to do what you need to do for your family and your dogs, hey, you're doing great. Yeah. Right. Well, Worry about it the rest of it next week. <laughs> well, that's kind of how, you know, artists look at it. I mean, it is. we like yep. what we do, and, you know, you better not have a lot of bills to pay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, actually, uh, I, I never I never called ours work. Mm -hmm. You know, put in a 16-, 18-hour day, hell, that was normal. Right. And um, when my son got older and started going to the racetrack at night for me and stuff with my dogs, mm -hmm. I had other people I tried over the years, and I didn't like the way they took care of my dogs. So. Yeah. But when Bobby got older, then it made my life a lot easier. I could actually get to bed at night. <laughs> 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 but when you get home at 1 o'clock in the morning, oh, your yeah. first turnout's at 5 or 5.30 in the morning, you know, that's a short night. Okay, now this is going to sound, for both of you, this is a stupid question, because you're both going to look at me and go, I can't believe you don't know. Yeah, yeah that was stupid. <laughs> yeah, okay, just get it over now. Um, why do, or why are Greyhound races run so late? You know, I mean, like you said, you weren't, Bill, you weren't getting home until like one in the morning. I well, mean, the, the, you know, the track, the last race is at like 11, 11.30. Right. But by the time you drive home, 
That's a 45-minute drive. Well, no, what I meant was okay. the tracks themselves. Why were they? Well, here in Arizona, Turf Paradise, they have to run during the day, right. the horse okay. racing. All right. And the dogs were only allowed to run at night, in the evening. <clears throat> oh, okay. Well, were there, uh, like across the country, no, were there we ran, matinee races? We ran anywhere? matinee races oh, here okay. also, right. but that had nothing to do. You still ran the night card. Oh, <laughs> It okay. just means yeah. you made two trips that yeah. day. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, out, out at Apache Junction, they were running during the day. Um, forget what Yuma was doing. But like here, the last um, year, you know, a couple of years of Phoenix being open, mm-hmm. turf would be running during the day when they were open, and then Phoenix would run at night. Correct. Okay. Well, I mean, that's what I remember the few times I've gone, you know, with you over the years to either track. It was like, okay, it's like 1030 at night. You're right. still, yeah. you got a few races to go yet. And just a reminder, if you're interested in adopting a Greyhound or fostering or helping out an adoption program, you can call 1-800-366-1472 or visit www.greyhoundpets.org. And with that, uh, we just a little bit on the <clears throat> Greyhound adoption bill. You've you've obviously you've been to our house. I just should disclose that to our listeners. Bill's been to our house, has seen our our Greyhounds that we now have as pets. Was there anything in that after you know seeing these dogs that have been in a home for a while that you just was like, oh wow, I didn't know they were that good, or this is how they would turn out, or that they did that or didn't do that, or you know. Or they become psychos after they do? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's opposite that. Greyhounds are handled from whelping every single day of their life. They are a people dog. You guys, they're kids' dogs. <laughs> you, I mean, your dogs get better than most people's kids, but... Um, well, I think all greyhound adopters are that way, really. <laughs> well, I mean, we're everybody not thinks of a greyhound, you know, because they race on a racetrack. Right. Once they're taken out of a competitive atmosphere, mm-hmm. like your dogs are fairly active. You know, you have five of them. Right. If you only had one dog there where there was no competition mm-hmm. at all for anything, that dog would sleep 22 hours a day. Yeah, well, I, I can tell you for a fact because I had one for eight years, and yes, I could travel with right. him. I could do everything with him, and yeah, everybody knew that Winston slept. Right. That was his claim to fame. <laughs> right. They, they, they have this competitiveness spirit, and mm-hmm. that's why they love to race. Mm-hmm. They, they're not racing to catch that lure. They're racing to beat the other dogs to it. Okay. See, the okay. Uh, the back door is the new lore. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and big old Ogie's big enough he gets through it. <laughs> and Sasha will make sure he runs right. underneath him. <laughs> or hops over him. <laughs> the, as, as Most happened. people, though, they don't understand that or they don't realize that a greyhound, once they come off that track, like I said, they're a people dog. They, they make such great pets. They're very intelligent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been around a lot of different breeds of dogs that I would not own. And, <laughs> no, they do. Uh, they have a very large, voca- what I call vocabulary, because they've been around people so much. And now, Bill, just, can you repeat that again? <laughs> Greyhounds, like from birth to adoption, have been around people. Have they seen things like grass and? Oh and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like just my <laughs> pups from four months to twelve months old. My pups were in a, a hundred by a hundred and ten by five hundred foot run. Okay, that's a very large area. Mm-hmm. You don't want uh, to cripple a dog. That's your future income. You're only going to get out of them what you put in them. 
That's what I was saying a while ago when they talk about my kennel. We put 110% in our dogs. Mm-hmm. I expected them to give me 110 when they went to the racetrack, and they did. Well, a dog will run through hell for yep, you, fire yep. for you, you know, if if they think that's what you want them to do, mm-hmm. and they think enough of you to want to please you. Right. So... Well, you did hit on something. I also want to remind our listeners, because uh, now with you know with Florida, that there are more greyhounds that are on the farm that are now not going to a track. Um, they're just going straight from the farm. They you know failed out of school and going into adoption. And not, you know, I was hearing people say, "Well, these dogs are not socialized." No, the, the greyhounds at the farm are socialized. You just got to understand they're like Sasha. Uh, <laughs> It takes a little while longer to cool them down when they get home. <laughs> Isn't it funny? We always say Sasha with an eye roll. <laughs> but Sasha, he's he was a youngster. Like any dog that youngsters, they've got some energy and all that. Right. Um, but he was socialized. Tracy had him well socialized there on the farm. Um, he was He's almost one now. I would almost call him my ranch dog because even though when he's out in the yard wandering around, I can tell – he knows where I'm at, and he's, he will have his eye on the humans. Right. He knows what we're doing. Yeah, he's very attentive to his people. So for those of you who, again, who are interested in, a, in adopting a greyhound, don't let one of these greyhounds that's, come, that's young coming off the farm be a deterrent. Go ahead and adopt them. They're socialized. They're just going to have some yeah. energy. They're a little more like a, a quote-unquote, regular dog, <laughs> a regular puppy. I mean, I do think that the racing routine and regiment does give them a lot of structure. And if, you know, you get a young dog, a puppy, maybe one year old max, you got to do some training, you know, definitely. Um, if your adoption group in your area has a prison program, might be good to send them to boot camp. You know? They but, do have programs here. Yes. Yep, here in Arizona we do. Yep. But, yeah, they're, they are socialized. They're in there. They can be wonderful. Well, they're, they are wonderful pets as well. Mm-hmm. And, again, I do want to remind our listeners, if you're interested, you can call us at 1-800-366-1472 or visit us at www.greyhoundpets.org. Well, we got about yep. a minute. I want to thank uh, Bill. Thank you for joining us today. It's been a pleasure talking greyhounds with you. I want to thank the wonderful baby Yoda, Aaron, our engineer, <laughs> for another great show. Tacey, our producer, thank you. And again, folks, if you're interested, 1-800-366-1472 and Gray 2K, PETA, HSUS, time to cough up. Send that 300K now to Greyhound Pets of America. Everyone have a great weekend. Hug the hounds and love them like you love them every day. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening this week to Greyhounds Make Great Pets. Please join your hosts, Rory Goray, TJ Beter, and Kathy Goray for another edition of our program next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a wonderful week.